0: town uh, remember that band oh my god come, come my lady, lady. Come, come come my lady you're, you're my butterfly, butterfly sugar baby you know the way we knew that one song yeah you know who bought their album column yeah you know who i think bought more than one of their albums column me and emma booked a holiday <gasps> we're going to Paris. oh what are we they're all fighting today and yelling mm. at emmanuel macron but mm. we are going to see the rest. They are saying off with his head. Off with his head. Oh. We are discriminated again. A hundred a thousand of us. The only thing I will say about Parisians is they will burn shit down. Oh yeah. That's all I'll say, because I will be afraid of them. Because they're not like, yeah, we're here, we're annoyed. Stop discriminating against me and go home. Yeah. They're like, we are going to burn this building down. Until we get what we want. Until we get what we want. So that's the only thing. Please don't do anything like that until the middle of October because we're going and we need a, we need a break. Mm. You know, we need going, going after my birthday. We're going after Sarah's birthday. We're very excited. We're pumped. We're gonna eat some baguettes. Oh. I don't think we ate a single baguette when we were in France. In France. Do you know what I loved seeing when they were walking around? And they put their baguettes in their tote bags and then they break off the top and eat it on the way home. Mm. They have a great life.
1: Did we not eat any baguettes? It doesn't sound like us.
0: I I ate lots of cheese and then wrecked the toilet the next morning, destroyed it. Um, But I don't think we ate baguettes. But I'm excited. It'll be fun. Uh, We're looking forward to it. Everything's a nightmare. Wear a mask, please. Yeah. Wear a mask. Stop going outside and protesting. Yeah, just wear a mask. Like, I know. Oh, I don't know. I can't wait to eat in a restaurant. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Me too. I can't wait to sit in a restaurant. Look, there's massive flooding in London now. Oh shit. Ah the old global warming. Global warming, lads. There's a pandemic, everything's on fire, everything's being flooded.
1: I don't think people get that, but you know what you got like so you know that really, really, really severe heat wave in America yeah and Canada? Yeah. That's what led to all of the rain in Germany. It's crazy, isn't it? Did you see those German people on the
0: news? I was like, oh my god, rich people are so bizarre. There was all this like very wealthy area of people in Germany that they interviewed about the floods, and they were all like, "This doesn't happen to like rich people. This happens to poor people." I was like, y'all are fucking what? insane. This is global warming in their brains. They were like, "This happens in third world countries to poor people." No, motherfucker, it happens to everybody because it's global warming. warming. But like that's the like the level of like elitism to think that this is not going to affect you because you're rich. Sounds that's like me. the delusion. Mike. My thing
1: isn't elitism, my thing is like I'm from Ballia. From Ballia. I'm from Ballia. The flood where? <laughs> How dare they? Get that flood out of here. There won't be flooding anywhere, right? We'll baiting the flood back. Yeah, we we'll be baiting the back. You short. think you're coming in here with the flood? <laughs> I don't think so, bud. <gasps> buddy, right? Buddy, here, buddy. Get the fuck. Get yes. the fuck. <laughs> right? There'll be no flooding in Ballia. <laughs>
0: Has there ever been a flood in Ballier? Uh
1: I don't. I don't know. I don't know enough about it. I know, like, um, there are certain spots that like, but they flood. But like, we're not close enough to a river. Yeah, that's true. Um, and we're pretty like high up. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I
0: think we're we're okay.
1: Um. The, take the thing yeah, the that's currently happening thing. around the flooding isn't like that. Like London's flooding and China's flooding. Yeah. is not that they were like. Particularly, and that, this is where it's terrifying. They're not close to massive rivers. No. What happened? Well, was the r- Thames isn't. Under I know, but that's is. not what burst. No, it was just a massive amount of rain. It's crazy, isn't it? It was like in in that this uh, is it Zhang Zhang Hong in China, they had like recorded the highest rainfall in four hundred years. Yeah, it's insane. And like the supermarket, the underground car parks were flooding. Um, and people were in them because it came down so, so fast. fast Yeah. Um did you see that video footage of them like pulling that girl yeah. out um, and so people were swept away in it and then it's the same in New York when it flooded uh, a couple yeah, weeks ago yeah, yeah. it wasn't that like anything burst it was like rainfall. that sewage systems couldn't deal
0: with the amount of rainfall like uh, that. those videos from New York made me so uncomfortable when they were on the subways were you just thinking of the rats I was like the amount of dead rats that are floating in that fucking water rats right swim. now rats swim they don't die yeah but do you think I'm, I'd say some of them drowned because they came up like I'd yeah. say some of them
1: the, t- the video that got me Whoa. The um Chinese people stuck in the subway cart. Did oh, you not I see know, it? No, I didn't see that. So the subway shut down in a tunnel and then the rain oh, came in. Sarah. And then the cart started to flood. No. And continued to flood up to their necks. And their problem wasn't that any of them were drowning. They were suffocating because there wasn't enough air in the air? chamber. Did they get them out? Yeah, they got them out, but like they were very lucky and it was and people had their phones out and were filming and being like and it was at times pitch dark because the lights couldn't stay on and so it kept going off to pitch dark and that they is were standing hot, that in is a fucking horror movie. Like they were standing in like sewage water. That is traumatizing. Yeah. Um and they were all and like, could you imagine having your kid and like trying to hold your kid and trying to Oh my god like, the I whole can't. thing I was
0: like um But that the other side of that is like I know this sounds uh catastrophizing. But it's not really That's coming for all of us Yeah That is coming for all of us And they're You know We can You know I
1: have, I, like, I have to say In terms of like Because they heat this Like everybody's been going about Like it being so warm We have Like because people are like Oh we had summers as kids It was never consistently 28 to 32 degrees in Ireland No it was like, oh, do you know what? Today's like 22. No. Yeah. It's like 17 degrees yeah. to 22. Yeah. We historically very rarely get very, very, very hot weather. Yeah. And the thing about this very hot weather is we very, we have never gotten hot weather for like a sustained period at of time. All. We have had for the past two weeks, it has been no lower temperature wise than 24 so degrees disgusting. in the day and no lower than 17 mm-hmm. degrees in the night. It's disgusting. Um, And with that really high pressure weather Means that somewhere else Has massive
0: rainfall And the thing about it is it always makes me laugh When people are like um, People think global warming is just warm weather like, that's what they think. They yeah. think it's hot. Yeah. I'm like, that's not what global warming is. No. That is not what that is. That is, it is excessive weather changes. Yeah. It's not, oh, it's really hot. Yeah. It's not what fuck global warming is. Global warming is, it's really hot now and two days from now, your gaff is flooded. Yeah. And so like,
1: tomorrow they're saying, tomorrow evening in Dublin, parts of Leitrim have weather warnings out for yeah, flash sorry. flooding. Um, because there's going to be a massive downpour. Um, so it is... Like, the thing about low warming as well is like, and I know, again, we sell our catastrophizing sizing, but um, it is a real scenario. It is a real thing that's
0: happening. The permafrost is melting in Russia. I saw that. Shit like that terrifies me. Like, and it's such a massive thing And it's, people, it's one small article On the newspaper yeah. the news site And people just move on I'm like But I think it's one small article
1: On the news site Because it's like How do you comprehend Also who owns the news sites Yeah Like How do you comprehend it And how do you deal with it Because when you think about it Like when I think about it In my lifetime <laughs> We will be affected by global warming, absolutely, but not to the same extent as the lifetime that comes after. Yeah. And so the likes of Lily... Lily. Lily will have scenarios that happen in her lifetime after I'm gone. Yeah. And if Lily has or chooses to have
0: children, her children will have scenarios that are more extreme. Like, when you think about it, I'm 37, you're 35. Like, I can... I can see the difference, the difference in our weather. In our weather. Yeah. Like I can see how many events that have happened where I'm like, oh my fucking God.
1: But it was the same. Do you remember I was saying to you, because I'm obsessed with the weather, um, that our uh, seasons have shifted. Yeah. So our seasons now are quite different than yeah. they used to be. So very recently we got, it. so that whole thing where we now get snow in March and April. Yeah. That's because our seasons have shifted. Yeah. Because we never had that before. No, that was we used not a to thing. always got snow in December, in December and January. January. Yep. And it was always the end of December, beginning mm-hmm. of January. Yep. And snow never, very, very, rarely made it into February. No, never. We now get snow.
0: They're like our, we snows, have snow. our snow months now. Yeah,
1: we now get snow in March and April usually. Yeah. And like, if you look at St. Patrick's Day for the past three years... We had one St. Patrick's Day where it snowed. We had yep. St. Patrick's Day where it was minus five. And this year, St. Patrick's Day was um, very, very cold as well. Yeah. Um, but that's because of global warming, because our seasons have shifted by... They're essentially tilted out. Yeah. Um, but people are like, it's not a real thing. It's not
0: a real thing. I'm just... Get, I, it must, I can't imagine being a scientist. <gasps> and spending your entire you life imagine? being like, I am telling you the truth And I'm telling you because I want to fix this and help you. And people go, no, Mm. no. They're putting uh, microchips in the vaccines. Yeah. Like the frustration, like it must get to the point where you're like, I don't want to fucking do this anymore because these people are so dumb. Like.
1: And that thing as well, I think that those German people said where they were like, this happens in third world countries, which is not a correct. (laughs) um, And that's also not PC to, To say you're not
0: allowed to say third world Um, Yeah but I think her thing Was that like It was like this doesn't happen To people like us No it wasn't that they were in Germany. It was nothing to do with them being in Europe or being in Germany. It was like, this doesn't happen to people who have big houses and big cars and lots of money and who have, you know, an education. That doesn't happen to us. Like, that was the mentality of it. I was it's like, pruders. you are fucking insane. Insane. You're a lunatic. You've all that education and you don't fucking understand global warming.
1: And they were like, let us eat all of the chocolate. That was a terrible German I thought it was great. Thank
0: um, you very much. But yeah, it just gets frustrating sometimes as well because the onus has been shifted to individuals to make things better, where it's like, don't use plastic straws, uh, you know, recycle, and all that stuff is very, very important. And then you have Jeff Jeff Bezos going to space in a rocket that probably burned more fuel than 70,000 fucking houses in the last 40 years. And that motherfucker's being praised for it. And we're like, well, you guys are terrible for drinking out of plastic straws. Like... The onus needs to be on these co- these corporations that are doing this damage. Like we did not fucking do this damage. We did some of it, but the vast majority is not on us. But somehow, once again, we're being blamed for it. But do uh, do you know? Recycle. Do recycle. It's very important. Cycle, reuse, reduce, Rihanna.
1: What do they think they're like? What do they think
0: is the importance of going to space? I honestly don't know because a lot of people have done it. It's just a rich man who was like. I want to go to space, and they were like, "Okay, Jeff." That's shirt sure it was. Uh,
1: because what's his face, the other fellow with the teeth and the hair? Yeah, a week previous. Which <laughs> brought. Some. All right, there you go. <laughs> um, <laughs> you knew this, who I was talking I about. I did.
0: This girl actually on on Twitter. I'll put up the uh, the thread. Her boyfriend works in NASA, and she put up an entire thread about why this is utterly ridiculous because they have people believing that they're going to go up and colonize colonize the moon or, or Mars. And she was like, "That is never going to happen." ever, she was like, that is never, ever, ever going to happen. But they have you fucking believing that it will. They're like, this is a pissing contest. This is a bunch of billionaires Pissing on each other. Yeah. That's all it is. I'll find the thread, but she was like, because people were in her comments, like, all these fucking billionaire fanboys. How weird is that shit, by the way? That is really weird. How weird. Do you to people
1: I know that love Elon that Musk? Are like, and I'm Elon like, Musk. No. I say, I'm bip synced. Do you know people I know? The white boy men. White men. White, white boy men. Yes, that like That Elon I know Musk. that are like, Elon Musk's amazing. Well, and I'm like, not.
0: What? He's literally not. He's a terrible he's a human. fucking cock. That's yeah. what he is. But yeah, she put up this post because people. Hannah always, Gatsby put up a really good post as well. we have to look at that on Instagram, right on Facebook yeah on Instagram, Instagram. Uh, but she put up this thing being like all these fucking idiot mansplainers were in her comments and she was like I'm going to explain to you why this will never happen and why they are only doing this for attention because they are fucking whores yeah they've no, got nothing else they have nothing else to do. to do Jeff Bezos has nothing else to do with his wife his money while his ex-wife is literally funding HBCs yeah or HBCs. like she is doing so much good that motherfucker went into space for 10 minutes yeah and thinks thinks he's doing something did you hear the name of the person that went to space with him Uh, there's one lady whose name made me laugh the old lady yeah yeah I liked her name I was like I thought it was a dude I was like she's not coming back she did (laughs) (laughs) They just left her floating (laughs) up there shoved her out Um, but anyway there we go ranting about millionaires love people ranting about billionaires no one needs a billion dollars no one needs a billion dollars you do not uh, need a billion dollars what's that really famous
1: what's that lady the uh, Latino lady from New York who made his congress oh um aoc yeah aoc where she was like you don't make a billion dollars you take a billion dollars Yes.
0: Yeah, she's right yeah like jeff bezos made a billion dollars on the backs of absolutely destroying his staff and not paying them properly and not looking after them properly that's why jeff bezos is a billionaire no other reason uh,
1: that's why let's
0: So see funk was her name funk what a
1: lady uh, Wally Funk. Was Wally name. Funk. Wally Funk. Sorry, that
0: is a fucking great name.
1: Was the company was in the company of three other passengers on board the new Shepard rocket, including Amazon and Blue Origin founder Jeff Bezos. Wally Funk. Uh, why is she important? She's part of a group of female aviators known as the Mercury Thirteen who trained for space in the nineteen sixties. That's cool. The eighty-two-year-old broke John Glenn's record for being the oldest astronaut. They send her. That's fine. But, uh, but no, it's not fine. All of it is not. She's not going up there for anything. No. Ten
0: minutes. Ten minutes. It'd be different if like um, do you know you what? You crank one out quicker than yeah, that. like absolutely quicker yeah. than
1: that. I crank a minute. I'd crank. Yeah, I'm yeah, going time now. Probably six. Yeah. If but if. I can't. I can't do one after the other.
0: No, I can't. And also because of my antidepressants, it takes longer now.
1: No, I just, like, this I get, like, been, super uh, sensitive about it. This
0: an orgasm corner. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um,
0: yeah, no, I'd be like, don't touch me. Colin's going to be like. I just came. Colin's <laughs> going to be like. what? Uh, <laughs> but yes, uh, don't go to space. Wear a mask. Wear a mask. Stop going to space. Stop going to
1: space. And if you're Jeff
0: Bezos, stop getting Botox. Because it's it isn't doing it's anything, not doing anything. You fizzy head fuck. It's sprinkling glitter on shit. That's what it's doing. So <laughs> you're
1: not, you're not This week's episode is called Sprinkling, sprinkling glitter, glitter on, on Shit. shit. Um, you see I once had a whole load of sh- had glitter and sequences and it came I out love, of shit. I love it so. Um, this week Janine Nagle was on the Twitter on not on the Twitter, on the Facebook and she was saying that she was re-listening to episodes. Yeah. She said that she listened to the first episode because she was watching... The Sophie documentary Oh yeah Sophie And does on the she planche. said that she noticed My posh telephone voice In the episode Yeah have you ever listened To our first episode No I put on my like work voice Really I'm like, mm, hi, like Hi guys hi everyone
0: Welcome yeah, to the Yeah I do episode? what Colin
1: does On every episode No way But obviously I just reverted to self When in like But you know what that days, I, you know what I think that
0: was We were nervous We were nervous Yeah we had a microphone in front of you, so you immediately revert to like this is how I talk when yeah. I'm like being recorded. Oh, guys. You know, when yeah, when someone yeah. calls you, and you're I like, know, Oh, fuck. Jesus, it's all out there, it's all out
1: there, lads. But I was like, Listen, I said, it and I wrote back saying it, it was only um my telephone my telephone voice is never gonna last that long, <laughs> it was gone in a week. I don't think I have any housekeeping.
0: Housekeeping, yeah. so I got an email from a person, gentleman or a man uh called chris he said hi lads i'm writing this to you on behalf of my girlfriend who as the subject line implies is definitely your biggest fan in south africa i say this as someone who for the last couple of weeks have had your two voices continuously on in the background as she's binging your podcast sorry i just wanted to ask you for a massive favor if you could give a shout out to the beautiful melanie kennedy she'd be happy as she absolutely loves you oh Melanie, Melanie Kennedy. Kennedy hello and your partner is a wonderful person and sent us an email about you how fucking sweet is that yeah so whatever weird section he wants to do do it pay up uh we went to Ireland a couple of years ago and absolutely loved it we did a round trip visiting places like Dublin obviously Cork, Killarney and Galway my girlfriend still maintains that the best chicken room she's ever ever had when a pub called Kennedy's in the northern part of Dublin Thanks for all you do. Keep up the good work, Chris. Chris, thank you so much for that email and to the beautiful, as he called her, Melanie Kennedy. Thank you so much for listening and binging our podcast and caring about things that we say. Um, Chris loves you very much. Clearly, that's a nice thing. Sometimes a good, sometimes shit. Uh, we also got a message from Cara, Cara, Cara Seabird. Is said, just a quick message to say, I absolutely love your podcast. Oh, people you so are so much. nice. We actually should read more emails. Do you know that? Yeah, no, we're really bad at we're it. We're really bad at emails. I'm so sorry because we actually get some lovely emails. And, we're really um, bad
1: at everything. And you'll see that that's a common trend in our thread. lives. It's a
0: thread. It's a thread.
1: It's why we uh, both have not for show. We're, trying, for our, anything we're we've done. trying our best, lads. Uh, I, just, I just very hard. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh yeah i think that's all i think there was i think i saw another one a while ago. did you see anything was there anything on instagram Uh, i don't have the instagram yeah we just got lovely obviously lots of lovely messages from people lots Um, of lovely messages just being incredibly kind and saying very very nice things that sometimes i'm like do we deserve this but that's my uh what you call that thing imposter syndrome
1: we had a message from a debbie wharton Said on Twitter, she's like, just listen to episode 14. You might be interested in the work done by Dr. Jane Moncton-Smith. Domestic homicide, eight steps. P.S. I love your work. Oh, thank you. I can't remember what we spoke about in episode 14. I
0: think that's it. Uh, Helen on Instagram okay I'm way behind on Patreon and catching up just listening to the Celtic Rangers Celtic or Celtic? Celtic Celtic Rangers discussion and when Emma said all the best to everyone made me think of how Tennant's Lager supports, sponsored both teams for years because otherwise half of Glasgow would just burn the brewery down <laughs> just thought you'd like this story also don't feel bad for Scotland at the Euros it was our first time in a major tournament since I was 12 and we were just happy to be there and not got beaten by England Did go you? on to Scotland she said also oh, Sarah Jane needs to come Scotland you do I do plus Emma that why ac- didn't we go there because we're going to France we could go to Scotland too yeah, anyway Scotland what you say. Too. to so, one. Uh, plus Emma that accent was more like pop from League of Gentlemen she's absolutely right it was yes so just the regular uh, lovely messages from very lovely people who people telling me that they're getting vaccinated which is great um, I'm wearing a mask and I'm wearing a mask And looking after themselves And someone actually made A very good comment They were like listen Anybody that follows your podcast Is absolutely looking after themselves And I was like I believe that too So
1: Unless there are like People that are hate following us I Hate following Sarah mm-hmm. loves a hate follow oh, I do Sarah loves a hate follow I fucking do oh, I'm following loads of uh, I'm following this one Who's like I don't know what she is Or what she does for a living But she's a can't get enough for <laughs> <laughs> You're like What's this fucking bitch up for she she's mm-hmm. always in fucking Portugal and stuff oh, a before, great time. The vaccine, before the vaccine uh, Ah here now transport. fuck off Yeah she's having a time for her life fuck But you off. know what? what I have to say I'm loving
0: hate watching her So Good. she's giving me something If you're getting content out of it she's getting figures She don't care <sighs> Should we do our story? Because there's 11 pages.
1: Let's get into it.
2: Attention, feminists. Murder Most Irish merchandise available now from teespring.com. Plain, boring old teas getting you down? Hey, buddy, does your huddy scream funny, duddy Spruce up your wardrobe with brand new and improved MMI apparel exclusively from teespring.com. Don't be a mug. Buy one of ours. Like to steal things? Conceal your identity at the local shop and go with a cookie face mask be the swingingest crazy bag lady on the block with our organic totes murder most irish merchandise at teespring.com for all your murder feminist needs teespring.com is a third-party company all stock manufacturing purchases and refunds are handled exclusively by them any queries should be directed to www.teespring.com
0: so this week i am covering the death of savita Halipanaver. also just before i do this i apologize Uh, If I butcher anybody's names, I'm very, very sorry. That's not my intention. I've tried my best to Google. to It's her white privilege. It's my white privilege to Google how to pronounce their names properly. So I'm going to try my absolute best. But I apologize if um, I do anything wrong. So uh, I got my references from the Irish Times, uh, irishcentral.com. There's a podcast. Sarah Jane. There's a podcast on The Guardian called uh, by an amazing journalist called uh, Danielle Stevens. And it's called Ireland's Shame the death of Savita Uh Then I got another wo- information from the journal.ie, Wikipedia. And I'm going to link all the articles because they're actually excellently written and really important in our Instagram and on the page. So uh, Savita Andanapa Yalagi, I hope I'm right, was born in Bangal- cost a city in the Indian state of Karnataka, on the 29th of September, 1981. Savita was the youngest child of three she had two brothers santosh and sanjeev and her father Andanapa yalagi and mother akhmadevi Akhmadevi, i think that's correct that's a beautiful name beautiful name said from the day she was born savita was adored savita's mum said her daughter was always funny always laughing and she was quote always the little ruler we knew she would be a ruler of the house the moment she was born so savita's first love as a child was dancing Akhmedivi described four-year-old Savita learning to dance from watching television. She would ask her mother to sit down so she could show her the new steps she was working on. Always she was practising and dressing up. She was a good dancer from when she was a very young age, her mother said. So in 1990, at the age of nine, Savita and her family moved to Srinagar. It was here that Savita's father, Anapa began to build a single-storey villa. During the build, Savita would arrive home from school every day and tell her father the colours she wanted in the house. She would tell me what to do and where to put things. She would say, this is my house. Even when Praveen came to see her, she would tell him, you know Praveen, this is my house. It was always her house. Mm -hmm. It's funny. Savita attended secondary school in Vanita. Vidyalala, I think that's right, I'm so sorry if it's A highly prestigious school where parents said she was first in every class she attended. Savita was intelligent, driven and determined. She knew exactly what career to pursue. And in 2000, at the age of 18, Savita began began studying at KLE university to become a a dentist. So a principal professor at KLE remembered Savita as a friendly person who was exceptionally kind with her time for other students. And this is like a thing in her life. Anybody that talks about her was like she just gave so much time to other people. Um, so Savita also covered her love of dance In the university where she joined the college's Dramatic and dance societies She graduated in 2004 and began Working with a dentist in the city of Belgaum Until 2007
1: Do you know how much it costs to get your teeth done in, in India no, no, no idea Dirty Like 13 euro for root canal For fuck's sake Is a, a couple it's of a cool people country. I work with that are from India Jeez. And they go home to get their teeth done. And Harjeev was telling me, he was like... Tell him to bring me. Yeah, he was like 13 euro to get like a root canal. It goes to
0: show you how much we're being rowed over here. Like, well,
1: yeah. We are being rowed over here. I know, but like 13 euro is because like the cost of living is... I like, know, it's...
0: Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> according to Safisha's father, she would probably have stayed in Belgium had she not met her future husband, Praveen Halapanavar, on the matrimonial website, Shadi.com. I didn't know there was a matrimonial website, so you can go and like look for a partner. I want to get married. Yeah. Savita was besotted with Praveen, and they would spend hours on Skype with each other every day. Praveen, Praveen, every day, said Savita's father. So Praveen's father family came from a club town close to Belgaum, and Savita's family actually knew them. He said that Praveen, an engineer, was a good person, and he was happy to give his blessing for them to be married. However, Praveen was living in County Galway in Ireland and the distance is incredibly difficult for Savita.
1: What kind of what religion were they?
0: Uh, she's Hindu. Oh, okay. So... Someone had a massive wedding. Oh, yeah. It was like 500 people at it. Wow. Like, the pictures are unreal. That's amazing. Fucking stunning. Praveen said... If he any was, Hindus or Sikhs follow us, can I come to your wedding? <laughs> Praveen said he was, quote, kind of amazed that someone like Savita was interested in me. She took my breath away. Aww... Savisha and Praveen decided to get married in April 2008 in a banqueting hall in Belgom that Andanapa booked. There were over 500 guests and Savisha, true to form, decided on every detail. The day of the temp- uh, ceremony, the temperatures hit 40 degrees Celsius oh, 40. and Praveen remembers Savisha being incredibly worried her makeup would run. Savisha <laughs> and Praveen's wedding photos show a couple very much in love. Savisha smiles widely in every picture and Praveen watches her adoringly. She was so happy that day, her father said. Savita's parents were happy for her to go to Ireland and fully supported her. However, they always hoped she and Praveen would return to India someday. Her dad said, quote, I said, let her go. Let her try for a year. If she didn't like Ireland, Praveen said, they will come back. We encouraged her to go. We always supported her to be who she wanted to be. Savita moved to Galway in 2008 as soon as her visa was approved. Praveen's friends noticed an immediate change in the once quiet, shy, unsocial Praveen. Savita began socialising almost immediately, making friends and attending parties and events, and Praveen found himself opened up to an entirely new life. Praveen and Savita even moved to a bigger house so they could entertain more people. So she, like, made him... She changed his life. She changed him. He was just, kind of, his friend said he wouldn't go out, he wouldn't talk to anybody, he was really quiet and shiny, met her, and she just, like... He said they'd said she'd walk into her room and everybody just wanted to talk to her, one of those people. Praveen said of his she wife... like me. She don't oh My God. Praveen said of his wife, I soon came to understand what her family told me about her. Savita was not only the leader of our house, but her circle of friends. No one ever questioned this. It was not a matter of ego either. She just led and people naturally accepted that. She always said exactly what she was thinking and people liked that about her. Savita and Praveen began taking part in dancing competitions around Ireland Wow yeah, Savita also became involved in community groups helping children to learn to dance children loved her and she choreographed their dance routines for cultural events said her friend Devi so she would like and she actually uh, had at one of the St. Patrick's Day parades yeah. she had um, traditional Indian dancers out of the kids Aww. which I thought was just so lovely Savita was nicknamed the girl with a diamond smile not only because she had a diamond on one tooth and this isn't just in parentheses, when children would ask her how how they could get a diamond in her tooth, she would tell them one day they would have to go to India to get one. But because she was so bright and her personality shone through her smile. Did
1: she have a diamond in her tooth?
0: Yeah, let's see there. Savita decided to practice dentistry in Ireland and she applied to sit the Irish Dental Council exams. Also, how intelligent is this fucking woman? Like, Jesus Christ. Savita and Praveen spent a week... I'd be week like, I've already gotten one degree. have enough. Savita and Praveen spent a week in Dublin as Savita completed her exams. Declan O'Flynn, the council's registrar, remembered Savita clearly. He said she was a highly likeable, kind and helpful person, especially to the other students in her class. He said, quote, I met her husband too. I seem to remember and they were a really nice couple. In July 2012, Savita passed her exams and was granted a licence to practice dentistry in Ireland. That same month, Savita did a pregnancy test at home and she and Praveen were delighted to discover that Savita was pregnant with her first child. Aww. Savita was referred to Dr. Dr. Catherine Astbury, and in October, Dr. Astbury performed an ultrasound on Savita. She was 17 weeks pregnant and both her and her baby were in perfect health. Praveen said that Dr. Asbury gave us the date the baby was due as March 30th, 2013. Savita shed tears of happiness when she saw the baby on the monitor. So Savita decided not to start practising dentistry until after the baby was born. Okay. Instead, her parents came to visit her while Praveen continued to work. Savita brought her parents to various sites around Galway. Each, time, each day they would go to fruit and vegetable markets in which Savita loved. It was only when Savita asked them to help her view houses that she and Praveen were hoping to buy before the birth of their baby that Andanapa, her father, realised that Savita had no intention of returning to India for a long time. Although disappointed, Savita's parents could not be upset because their daughter was so happy. So they were kind of hoping she'd have the baby and maybe come back to India. Mm -hmm. But no, she wanted to live in Ireland. (sighs) On Saturday, October 20th, Savita and her mother decided to throw a baby shower. The shower was lavish and beautiful and Savita's mother made all of her favourite foods for her. Savita's friends said the shower was wonderful and Savita was elated at the end of the evening. That night, Savita could not sleep. She'd been experiencing lower back pain for a number of weeks, a pain she had told her doctor about, who at the time had discharged her without any diagnosis. The pain was now worse than usual, and at 9pm, Praveen phoned the maternity ward at the University Hospital Gal- Galway. He said, quote, I spoke to a midwife and explained what was happening. She said to come on in, so we told her parents we were going to the hospital. Upon arriving at the hospital, Safida told the doctors that she had, had a sensation almost as, as if there was, quote, something coming down. That's what she just kept saying to them. I feel she like something's labor. coming down. Upon further examination, it was found that the gestational sac was protruding from her body. Mm. Savita was admitted to the hospital and doctors told her and Praveen the cervix was fully dilated, amniotic fluid was leaking. Unfortunately, the baby wouldn't survive. Yeah. Just after midnight on October 22nd, Savita's waters broke, but she did not expel the, f- the fetus. The doctor, according to Praveen, told them that it would be over over in a few hours, but the fetal heartbeat continued for three more days. This is pretty horrific, just FYI. Pre- Praveen and Savita were devastated. Praveen said that Savita was, quote, really in ag- agony. She was very angry, but she accepted she was losing the baby. When the consultant came on the ward rounds on Monday morning, Savita asked if they could not save the baby, could they induce to end the pregnancy? The consultant said, quote, as long as there is a fetal heartbeat, we can't do anything. The consultant recalls saying, so after this, under Irish law, if there's no evidence of risk to the life of the mother, our hands are tied so long as there's a fetal heartbeat. Mm -hmm. So this is what they told Praveen and Savita. So on Tuesday morning, as Savita lay in hospital bed in agony and losing her first child, she requested a termination of the pregnancy again. She was once told, again told, uh, Praveen said this, the consultant said it was the law that this is a Catholic country. Savita, a Hindu, said, I am neither Irish nor Catholic, but they said there was nothing they could do. So she was in agony. Mm. That evening, Savita developed shakes and began vomiting. So this is from the journal.ie. At 4.15am on Wednesday 24th of October, a midwife noted that Savita was feeling cold and shivery. The radiator in the room did not work and was docu- she was documented as being stone cold, like she was freezing. Both she and her husband asked for extra blankets and the midwife noticed Savita's teeth were chattering. She was given paracetamol to manage her increased temperature. By 7am, Savita was suffering from nausea and vomiting. Just over an hour later, the consultant's team diagnosed chorioamniotis, an inflammation of the fetal membranes due to infection. Their focus was to find the source of the infection and to give time for the prescribed medications to work. Savita went to the toilet where she collapsed on the ground and when she was too weak to ask for a termination again, Parveen asked for her to please help his wife. The doctors in hospital once again told him no, as Irish law under the influence of the Catholic Church, at the time forbade a abortion if a fetal heartbeat was still present. (sighs) A few hours after Praveen's final request to terminate, i don't get upset. Why am I getting upset? Because it's really sad. Because she's dying. And she's
1: in a hospital and her husband is watching her die. Yeah. Sorry. And the people who are supposed to save her aren't helping her. Yeah.
0: A few hours after Praveen's final request to terminate the pregnancy and help his incredibly sick wife, the fetal heartbeat stopped. It was only then that Savita was taken into an operating room and the contents of her womb were removed. That's how they described it as well. Praveen said that when she awoke from the operation, but she, she could speak, but she was incredibly ill. Praveen sat with her and held her hand, and this would be the last time he would ever speak to his wife. I just don't understand, like, it's poor people. Praveen went back to their home to shower and eat, because he'd been in the hospital every day, all yeah. hours, and they were like, "You have to go eat, you have to wash it, you, like you have to feel like a normal person." So he went and I think at like 10 p.m. and then at 11 p.m. that night, he received a call from the hospital. The doctor told them they were remo- they were sorry. they were removing Savita to intensive care. Savita's heart and pulse were low, and her temperature was high. She was sedated and critical, but stable, the doctors told Praveen. Savita remained stable on Friday, but on Saturday night at 7pm, the doctors told Praveen that Savita's liver, kidneys and heart weren't functioning. That night, Praveen said, we lost her. Savita had developed sepsis and then suffered a cardiac arrest. Jesus Christ. Savita Halepanavra died on October 28, 2012, 31 years of age. So Savita's death not only devastated and shocked Savita's family and husband, but it caused outrage and devastation to the people of Ireland and around the world. You absolutely remember this, right? Yeah. insane. The circumstances of Savita's death caused an outcry of anger amongst Irish women as they watched the abysmal and cruel treatment of yet another woman in this country. Savita's death and the outrage that followed would eventually play a pivotal role in the historic abortion referendum which took place in Ireland in 2018. As the weeks went on, more information was released about Savita's death and what she had gone through. A fortnight after Savita's death, Kitty Holland in the Irish Times wrote about Savita's uh, death with the headline, Woman Denied Determination Dies in Hospital. So this was like where it all kicked off. Yeah. And they were kind of trying to hide it. Yeah, no, absolutely. And then uh, Praveen's friends went to the media. Yeah. So they went to Kitty and they were like, this is after happening and they're trying to hide what's after happening. Who was trying to hide it? The HSE? The fucking HSE in the hospitals. Because... And like oh, I was listening to a podcast today, and so I'm upset. They were talking to a doctor that worked in the hospital at the time, but he wasn't around her. And he said that there are girls, nurses, and midwives in the hospital that still cry about it to this day. He's like, if you mention her name, they just break down into tears, and it's not because they got in trouble. It's like because they were watching this woman die and they couldn't do anything. Yeah, and they're. That's what their job is. They're like, I'm here to protect and make you better and look after you. And you're sick, and they're like, we couldn't. But it's also we were given a woman paracetamol when she sepsis. We were given a woman sepsis.
1: paracetamol and she had sepsis. Yeah. But also, it when you are a woman,
0: yeah, that's it, yeah. Like, just, you are a woman. You are a woman, so you understand that. And kind you of, understand, like, yeah. and also
1: if you're a woman that's ever had a baby. A
0: mother, especially, yeah.
1: Like, you're, or I gone had, through something I like had this. to have, and I'm not in any way putting myself in the same No, of woman,
0: course not, but you, you can empathize. But I was, the closest,
1: I had to have that surgery because they were like, you're going into sepsis. You're going, set, you're, going into, yeah. you're becoming sepsis. Yeah. Your blood has sepsis in it. And it's like
0: one of the scariest things you can yeah, hear Yeah, and
1: they were like, all oh, we can give you. Because, this is, again, I had Lily long before the ability to have an yeah, abortion in this yeah. country was there. They were, like, all I was on Sorry. for the entire time that I had. So I had, like, um, a a idle sinus, essentially, and I had a cyst in my lower back. Oh, and I was in, and I had this when I was 16. Yeah. So I knew how much agony I was going to be in. Yeah. But when I was 16, I was given morphine after I had my surgery. Fuck.
0: And this, still gave you... They weren't. I had had
1: paracetamol because I was pregnant, and I was really early pregnant. And me and Graham had been trying so hard to get pregnant, and we wasn't like just a straightforward like we got pregnant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, And so for this woman, one, I, I, my baby was safe. Yeah. So my baby, I was like, right, I'm gonna have the sir, and I couldn't. They were like, if we put you asleep, there's like a sixty percent chance you're going to lose the baby because we can't maintain oxygen. Yeah, yeah, yeah so they were like we're gonna to have to keep you awake and it was a horrific i couldn't have any anesthetic um know how you did that dude I and know how you did it. so for this woman to know that like okay my baby is dying and my baby is going to die there's
0: nothing i can do there's about nothing this. i
1: can do but like please save me please save me but actually what you're telling me is we have to wait for my baby to die yeah. slowly inside of me yeah and then you and might, then, and then you, you might be able to help me, me. But at that point, like if she's chattering and her teeth are chattering, like she's soon going as soon as she shock her blood. Yeah, is her skull shock. shock and then to be like the radiators and working yeah. in the room. Like insane. Like, and like Would that you not take her
0: blood to, take to see if there's something wrong? Wait, when I get through this you'll see how much shit that, that was done wrong, like it's insane. Um So in the article by Kitty Holland, Praveen outlined how he and Savita had asked for a termination multiple times, but were informed that Ireland was a Catholic country and they could not carry out a termination. Savita's death came at a time just after the first March for Choice had taken place in Ireland. Four weeks previously, almost 3,000 people had attended a pro-choice march calling for Ireland's abortion laws to be changed. So the outcome of the X case in 1992 still had not been legalised, no. which left women still at risk and Savita was a perfect and unfortunate example of this. So just have this in, a pre- in parentheses for people who don't live in Ireland... Probably don't know what the X case is, obviously. So under the 1992 X case ruling, the Supreme Court found that abortion is permitted in Ireland under the constitution in circumstances where there is a real and a substantial threat to the life of the mother however no government has yet introduced legislation to enact this ruling now obviously they don't need to do it now because we have legal abortion but from 1992 up until this no date, they didn't because you know what they happens didn't when they go it.
1: after this someone went up until that point where they go after it is the government doesn't stay in power yeah. and rather than protect the people yeah. that governments are there to do they were like do you know what? i'd really like my hundred and i'd like 80, my, cookie, 000, yeah, I'd like my least, year. So i'm just not getting involved in yeah, this so i'm just not going to get involved in this
0: so, because there had been no legalisation uh, introduced to enact the ruling, creating a gray, it created a grey area. Aryan. So, I'm just going to talk about the X case a little bit, because it kind of clips us. So the X case is something i encourage everybody to read about if you can. So, basically, this is what happened. A 14-year-old girl was being raped by a man who was known to her family, and she became pregnant. She's 14. He was, like, 35. Her family went to the Gardaí and then decided to bring their daughter to England to have an abortion. So, anybody that's not Irish... We couldn't have abortion up until 2018. Yeah. Everybody had to go off on a little boat ride to England with their shame. Or yeah. Holland. Or Holland, yeah. So, before going to England, the family asked the guardie um, if it would still be possible to confirm conter- the paternity of the father using cell from the aborted fetus. The guardie then went to the DPP instead with this and there was an injunction put out to stop the 14-year-old child and rape victim having an abortion. Yeah. The child told her parents that she was suicidal and she could not have this child. She threatened to throw herself down the flight of stairs. The case caused public outcry and eventually she was granted the abortion. However, she miscarried before she could have it. So that's where we were as a country in 2012. Nightmare. So candlelight visuals were held for Savita across Ireland and across the world. Her image was painted on walls of people writing messages of apology and understanding to her and her family. Many women who had experienced what Savita had and many who had to travel to England to receive abortions legally due to Ireland's archaic and dangerous laws. A march was held in Dublin in Savita's honour and many of the groups who organised this would then go on to form the Coalition for the Repealing of the Eighth Amendment in Ireland, which would eventually lead to free and legal abortion in this country for all women.
1: Mm.
0: Abortion rights activists highlighted that a lack of transparency in clarifying the limited circumstances in which abortion is legal in Ireland contributed to Halipunovra's death, which is absolutely true. Anti-abortion groups accused abortion campaigners of exploiting Halipanavra's death to further their agenda. Mm -hmm. In response to this, Kate uh, Smirthwaite, so she's a political activist and a comedian, she wrote this piece in the Huffington Post and she said, Yes, Savita Halapanavra's death is a political issue. If I am ever a victim of an unjust legal discrepancy that infringes my human rights and leads to my untimely and unnecessary agonising death... I want every man, woman and child on the streets immediately demanding that it never ever be allowed to happen again. So as I mentioned earlier, the outcry was international. Protests were held in um, held outside embassies in London, Berlin, and Brussels. In an editorial in the New York or sorry, in the Times of India in November 2012, the writer said quote, There appears to be a tendency to view this issue in terms of India versus Ireland or Catholic faith against other religions. To fraud prey to such tendencies will be a serious mistake and a great disservice to the memory of Savida. Adding a nationalist or communal tone to the debate detracts from the merit of argument rather than enhancing it, which is incredibly true as well. Amnesty International released a statement in December, quote, death illustrates the gap in Irish law. They asked the government of Ireland to change the law on abortion in line with the international human rights law. The executive director of Amnesty International in Ireland, Colin O'Gorman, said, Successive Irish governments have failed in their duty to provide necessary clarity on how this right is protected and vindicated, leaving women in Ireland in a very vulnerable position.
1: hmm
0: You know what sucks? Is that she had to die. Yeah. It's like that gay gentleman who died for us to have. Yeah. It's like... It's fucking shit. Yeah. It's just shit. Like, it's shit. So Irish politicians were also asked to speak on Savita's death with he shook at the time and de stating I don't think we should say anything about this until we are possession of all the facts.
1: Yeah because he wanted to set a fucking fence. Yeah. Fáil- and then two days later he got caught and yeah.
0: he came out I remember and said that, yeah. yeah. Fianna Fáil leader Miha Martin called Savita's death harrowing and tragic he called for an independent inquiry with experts from outside the country to establish the full circumstances Martin also said he did not believe legislating for the X case would have stopped the death of Safida Halapunovar how would it fucking not have how stopped would have it because
1: they would have been, like, would have been like that
0: baby is dead you are you could die we're, yeah. we're terminating the pregnancy because we can because of this legislation yeah so the inquest into Safida Halapunovar's death you said that uh, Miha Martin yeah painful leader so the inquest current t-shirt. yes into zave Halpanvar's death was held between April 15th and April 19th, 2013 at Galways coroner's court Praveen told journalists that this would be his chance to finally find the truth as to why his wife had died. midwives doctors specialists consultants and friends of the victim all gave evidence witnesses, excuse me another 70 statements were further taken from hospital staff and other sources. Praveen attended all but one day of the proceedings his solicitor told reporters that he was finding it incredibly difficult to be there which I guess listening to people like mm. so the primary role of the inquest was to determine the facts of her death Anne-Marie Burke the manager at St Monica's Ward in Galway University Hospital told the inquest that she did tell Praveen and Savita that the reason Savita could not have an abortion was because Ireland was a Catholic country Berth, Burke said she did, in fact, state, we don't do that here, dear. It's a Catholic thing. But told the, the same court, thing. She told the court then that she did not mean it in a hurtful way. She said the phrase had, quote, come out the wrong way, and I'm sorry that I said it. It does sound very bad now, but at the time I did not mean it in that way. I was trying to be as broad and explanatory as I could. It was nothing to do with medical care at all. Praveen said he was surprised but pleased with Burke's statement and thanked her for her honesty, stating, I would like her to thank for being very honest. It came out of the blue. It is very difficult. The way she was treated was horrendous, so it's just some comfort that the truth is coming out. He is such a fucking good person. Like... So Dr Catherine Asbury, who was the lady who did her first scan, told the court that Savita asked for a termination when she was told she was miscarrying. So she was like, I want this baby terminated. She stated that, quote, it is illegal to have an abortion in Ireland unless there is a risk to the mother's life. Something which had not been established yet, according to Asbury. The consultant also outlined that she was dealing in probabilities. What? She was like, it could happen. It might happen. I don't know. Probably could, but we're just going to let her sit here for three days. In agony, giving her paracetamol because we won't give her anything else because there's still a fetal heartbeat from a baby that's going to die anyway. Fucking shamed of themselves. They should have all been stricken. They shouldn't be working in the medical industry. should be gone. Like, so during the inquest, a number of witnesses, including Savita's consultant, said if it was legally permissible to offer the patient a termination earlier than, it w- um, than when it was given, she would probably be alive today. So, if they were like, yeah, there's we'll no probability there's no prob- about there's it. Working in probability, she'd be alive. She would be alive. She should have done it the first time she fucking asked. Th- they like, her, done her it baby in- was dead. You told her her baby was dead. She should have done it the minute her amniotic yeah. fluid started to leave. She was like, for that poor girl to be like, my. not only was she dealing with the fact that her baby was dead inside her, she knew something was wrong. She was so sick. And for them to be like, mm, she might get sick. We don't know. You don't know. You're a doctor. Why are you a doctor? So the coroner's inquest found that Savita died of medical misadventure. Now, medical misadventure does not necessarily mean that anybody is going to be sued or go to court or that there's only going to be any legal proceedings. It just means medical misadventure. So this was the Galway coroner's court Mm -hmm. findings. In November 2012, the HSC carried out its own inquiry. Now I'm going to butcher this man's name. Headed by Professor Sir Sabaratnam Arukul Umaran. I'm so sorry. The professor is the head of obstetrics, obstetrics, obstetrics <laughs> gynecology at Saint George's Hospital Medical School, and is the medical president-elect of the International Federation of gy- of Gynecology. And he's a man. He's a man. In 108 pages, this document, this document was 108 pages. Uh, report. They criticised Savita's team for not diagnosing the sepsis soon enough, and for not using already standard screening tools for detecting and man- managing maternal sepsis.
1: Yeah, I don't, that's what I
0: don't understand. For poor keeping of medical records, poor communication at shift changes, and failure to notify staff with needed expertise, they criticised the administration of the hospital for the poor system in which its team failed. So they were like, they fucked up. This is not you medical know, misadventure. A misadventure. They fucked up. They made recommendations about training and policies for the hospital locally, along with a number of national recommendations, including creation of a laboratory system to coordinate a national response to emerging micro, uh, microbial threats. The HEC also recommended changes to the lo- uh, legal situation and training of doctors about the law. So there were six recommendations made. Prompt introduction of a maternity early warning scoring systems charts for patients and pregnancy complications and gynaecology wards. Introduction of mandatory induction and education on early recognition monitoring management of infection and sepsis. Development and implementation of national guidelines relating to infection and pregnancy. Uh, There was two sub-recommendations. So compliance with guidelines on the management of early second trimester inevitable miscarriage. And clear statement of the legal context in which clinical professional judgment can be exercised in the best medical welfare, welfare interests of the patients. This did not exist these standard things did not exist before this, so they were like, "Hey, maybe you should like think about the patient's well-being before what you think is legally correct." What well, didn't exist? Uh, finally, five. The panel recommended improvement in communication practices between all relevant staff and improvement in handover of acutely ill patients. So they weren't doing this. Compliance of guidelines on the consultant's responsibilities, according to the Royal College of Obstetricians and Gynaecologists. Responsibility of the consultant on call. This indicates, uh, this, These indicate the need to involve senior medical staff due to difficulty coping with caseloads or to consult on suspected serious cases. So basically, they were like, they didn't do anything they were meant to do. But you know what, like, Emma... I know nurses are completely... No, that's not what I'm about to say. I I, I, I'm not talking shit about nurses. Nurses uh, are wonderful people. I'm not shit about anybody, but like, here...
1: I was in hospital for six days bleeding. Yeah. Before anybody decided to, like, fucking see me. Hey, you okay? Me. You right there, bleeding? Like, I got it... I went in for my... La- I rang the hospital. One, I ha- bled throughout my pregnancy. On two occasions, I ended up in A&E in the rotunda. Yeah. On the last occasion where I bled and was bleeding... And I was with you. Yeah. I rang the hospital and I said, Hey, I'm, like, in the very late stages of my pregnancy... I am bleeding vaginally. Yep. What should I do? And I had my final appointment the next day. I remember that, yeah. And I was told to stay at home and to come in for my final appointment. And I never... I was like, okay. Like, I've never had a baby before. I've never been pregnant before. I'm going to listen to what the
0: medical professionals are telling me. No one can tell tell me me why I'm bleeding. Yeah.
1: But, okay. So, it was like, cool. Next day, me and Graham got up. I... Got up and was like I'm going to cinema After I go to this Appointment with Graham Yeah We went into the hospital I So when you go in For your appointment I sat down Saw that So you see like A pre-nurse Who take Like asks you Like are you okay? Like, is there anything I need to know before you go see the doctor? Yeah. And if there's nothing I need to know, then you don't really need to see the doctor. But because it's your last appointment, you do. And I was like, yeah, and I, she was like, Can you, like, you have to urinate into a cup. You have to get your bloods taken. I was like, um, I had gestational diabetes, so I'd get my bloods taken every time I went to the hospital. I had to go to the hospital once a week. Um, and I sat down, I gave her like the wee the urine, and there was blood in it. And she was like, um, and I was like, yeah, I'm bleeding. Oh, God. And she was like, what? And I was like, yeah. And she was like, how long have you been bleeding? And I was like, for like two days. And she was like, what? what? I was like, I rang here yesterday and the nurse told me not Straight to come. Stay at home. I was like, if you look at my chart, I've bled historically through this pregnancy. And she was like, Ugh, I, th- that's not okay. Was, we need you and to... And that goes
0: to show you, they were like, you guys need to tell each nurse... But I gave birth in 2015. You- this happened in 2012. It's three years later. It still happened. Right. I often think, how many lucky cases are there Yeah, where they were like don't do that and then the person just didn't do it and fortunately for the grace of God that child okay. is okay
1: yeah and so I was like okay and she was like hang on and on the other side of the rotunda where you go to see the doctors there is one doctor and he specialises in like uh, multiple births so all of the, there's very few people that see him because obviously it's not common but he is less busy oh okay and okay. all of the other doctors on the other side of the rotunda ward they all see standard patients, like, and that's their job. And so in, and out, in and out, in and out, right? Yeah. And so they see like all the people that are coming, like, for their regular checkups for their yeah. baby. Um, and she was like, "Can you just stay here?" And I was like, "Yeah, Grant." And she walked over to the other side of the hospital, the other side of the room. When I say the hospital, it's like a massive big ward. Um, walked into that room, came back out with a wheelchair, and put me in a wheelchair and wheeled me across. And Graham was like, Were "You guys I- like what?" The Graham f- was like, "What?" And I was like, "I don't fucking know." <laughs> right uh wheeled me into that man i got put ahead ahead of everybody right he was as rude and i won't get into like what happened there but i literally got up on the bed he did an uh inspection shall we say and then without telling me gave me a full sweep so he like literally just
0: like what the he just right up
1: like uh, and so like a full sweep is like five fingers in no and a full turn and the reason you get a sweep is to get your waters to break. That's what they're doing. He never told me anything he was doing, and I literally—Graham was like standing at the end of the bed with my coat and his coat over his arm. That's how like quick, fast whole thing, whole thing moved. And his office door was still open, and there was people sitting in the waiting room. Sarah. And all he did was like pull the curtain across and gave me a full sweep. And I went, oh, like I was in, it was very yeah, painful. It hurts. And he said nothing. He took his hand out of my vagina. It was covered in blood. Graham looked and looked at me and I was like, he took the glove off, put it in the bin, walked out of the room and picked up the phone. And within like three minutes, there was a nurse back in the room with a wheelchair and was like, sir, can you sit in this? She wheeled me out. And then was like, we're going to admit you now. And they wheeled me straight up to admissions. And no one told me what was going on. That doctor never spoke to me. He never said a single thing to me. Uh, They wheeled me up to admissions. I don't understand how scared people are. And I got pushed into the admissions office in my wheelchair. And I was like, I can walk. And she was like, no, you can't. Oh, Um, dude. I was admitted. Graham had, not we had nothing. As I said, we were going to the cinema. You were going to the cinema, yeah. We were put up in a ward upstairs which was a pre-labor ward um so people were like like about to go into labor kind yeah. of thing and i was wheeled into one room left there a nurse walked up to me about 15 minutes there i was sitting in the middle of this room with graham standing beside me and she was like uh, why are you here and i was oh like my god i was like that a nurse just wheeled me in here Ugh. i'm being admitted and i'm bleeding and she was like uh, there's no room in here and then she wheeled me out and put me into another ward. And another nurse was like, sorry. Why are you here? And I was like, I'm bleeding. I am being admitted. And she put me in a room, put me in a bed in the corner in a room. And I stayed there for three uh, two days. And a nurse came and checked my pad. So I was given yeah, a pad. Of I had to like take my pad off and a nurse would check it. I had to wee into like a jug. And I was told in the first, when I was admitted, a doctor's going to come and speak to you. Mm-hmm. And then tomorrow morning you're going to be induced. And I was like, "Right, okay." And I was like, "Is my baby okay? What is happening?" And they were like, "We don't know." is what I was told. And I was like, "Right." So they're like, "We're going to induce you." I sat in that room for 2 days and not a single doctor came to see me. I sat in the corner of the room bleeding. I never got brought down to be induced. And on the sec the second day of so like on the third day technically I was like a nurse was checking and I was like no one has spoken to me and she was like sorry and I was like I have not seen a doctor nobody's telling
0: me what's happening I was like
1: I've been told I'm gonna be induced and she was like what and I was like I haven't and she was like you haven't seen a doctor and I was like no I was like i seen a doctor when I got admitted he never spoke to me and she was like okay the next morning I was told that I was going, so I was told every night going to bed I was going to be induced the next day and I was fasted every day. Sarah. Because they were like, you're going to be induced. You're going to be induced. And on the third day, a doctor came and spoke to me said I was bleeding from my cervix, that my baby was fine, but they couldn't tell why I was bleeding from my cervix, okay. but that I was going to be induced because, there, because I was bleeding and I was losing my own blood, that that was a risk. Okay. And I was like, okay, I was not induced until the fifth day in hospital. Jesus oh, <laughs> Christ. <laughs> so I sat in hospital oh. for a total of six days, five nights before I was induced. Sad. And I spoke to one doctor. And no other doctor came to speak to me. So clearly, none of this was. And that was in 2015 in January in the Rotunda Hospital. And I went into when they induced me. I went into labour so fast because I'd been bleeding. And he just shot out of here. Yeah, flew out my. Like a little rock. But this whole thing, my point is, is that was 2015, and this was 2012. 2012. Yeah, three years. And all of these things that he said should happen, they didn't happen. Don't appear to have happened.
0: I was like, maybe there's hope. There is. Well, I'm glad you're okay, okay. It's okay. Yeah. yeah. So, in 2017, Arul Kumaran commented that a significant significant contributing factor to Halapunava's death was Ireland's restrictive abortion laws. Yeah. Now, that gentleman, the lovely conservative groups in ireland went after him really? and started saying that he was pro-abortion because he would carry out abortions on women that wanted them and also women that were going to die if they didn't get them so they were like this guy's pro-abortion so his like findings are going to be warped no he understands he is a gynecologist and understands that women need help and help not in the way that ireland's like oh save the babies except the ones that are being raped and sold to america fuck them mm. Anyway, in response to the many, many protests after Savita's death, the Irish government introduced the Protection of Life During Pregnancy Act 2013. Having passed both houses of the Oireachtas in July 2013, it was signed into law on 30th of July by Michael D. Higgins, the president of Ireland. Savita became the face of the Irish abortion referendum in 2018. A mural of Savita's face was painted on the wall beside the Bernard Shaw pub in Portobello and in weeks leading up to the final vote, messages were affixed to the wall. Do you remember this? Yeah. One poignantly read, Sorry we were too late, but we are here now. We didn't forget you. So Orla O'Connor, co-director of Together for Yes. Yes, Together for Yes was the movement to get abortion legalised in Ireland, was in her first year uh, as chief executive of the National Women's Council of Ireland. And she said... Savisha's death shifted the whole conversation about abortion. People were so shocked and felt it could have happened to them. We had so many calls to the council from men as well, asking what they could do to campaign for change. So, this is from Wikipedia. Verbatim, I just copied this. So, on 20th of May 2018, the parents of Hallippinaver called for a yes vote in Ireland's referendum on the repeal of the Eighth Amendment, Mm. with her father saying, I hope the people of Ireland will vote yes for abortion for the ladies of Ireland and the people of Ireland. Emma, stop it! <laughs> my daughter, she lost her life because of this abortion law, because of the diagnosis, and she could not have an abortion. She died. So on the 25th of May, 2018, the people of Ireland voted yes to repeal the Eighth Amendment by a margin of two to one. Mm. Some uh, Savita's father said, I have no words to express my gratitude to the people of Ireland at this historic moment. We got justice for Savita. In March 2016, Praveen Halipanavar settled with the HSE for an undisclosed six-figure sum. And he deserves every, every fucking, fucking penny. penny of it. Savita Halipanavar was buried in Belgium on Saturday the 3rd of November 2012. Mm. So that is the story of Savita Halipanavar, her horrific death that never should have happened. She was murdered. She was murdered. And how, in some weird, fucked up, warped, disgusting way... She She brought a, a massive amount of change.
1: She gave a
0: face. Even though we've had so many faces. So many faces. It was just so horrific. And it was so in the media. And social media was there. And everybody was like, this woman died in agony. In agony. Because somebody in a hospital was like, we're Catholic. We're Catholic. We're Catholic, so we can't do that. And then all these motherfuckers saying that the abortion campaigners were, were using her death as, like, a means to, like, prove a point or trying to get her... She was the means she to prove was a point. the means to prove a point because it happened to yeah, her. it happened to her. So they'll prove... She, uh, and,
1: like, the thing as well is it's different. If she had said... I don't believe in abortion and I don't want one. Yeah. But she, before she even got to the hospital, she was like, she was like I want to have an abortion, an abortion if something's wrong. Yeah, I can't carry this And then when she dying. got to the hospital they were like, well, actually, you're fully, like, she was fully dilated. Her body was in full labour yeah. and had nothing to push out. Nope.
0: Um, like, she, her water's broken and the baby didn't leave. No. She, just, it, 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 she would have been, like, when I say agony. Yeah. She was like, and Praveen just kept saying, like, he was, Please help my wife. And he was like, Oh, there was a doctor, a professor that Praveen was friends with, and he rang him, and he was like, "He's a doctor. He's like, what? What can I do?" So the doctor came to visit him and and Savita, and he said, "I saw her charts, and I knew she was going to die." So he was like, "I tried to talk to the doctors, I tried to talk to the nurses, I tried to do something." He was like, "But they were just like, no. There is a heartbeat. So we were refusing to do anything to help your wife who has sepsis. Sepsis." like she's writhing in agony and they're giving her paracetamol because there's a fetal heartbeat for a baby that's going to die anyway and they try to justify this there's no justification for no. it and as i said it's so fucked up that she had to become the face of something but like the fact that her parents are like we are happy that our daughter helped you well,
1: i think as a legacy right so as a legacy to like a woman that like that's horrific and that what happened like she knew she was dying she knew she was dying like and the people who were supposed to protect her did not
0: yep. So, and, watch and said
1: we're a catholic country and the writing like if you had any form of compassion in that moment wouldn't you ring the like irish times
0: anybody you would have picked up the phone and rang a say radio station anonymously yeah radio station and said, like we have a lady here who is dying, dying and we are and we are refusing to, refusing our... to give her treatment yeah. Like, imagine being her husband and he's like, please, 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 please. away. Please, imagine, like, on going a to
1: a friend. Going to, like, your friend who's a doctor and yeah. being like, can you help us? Yeah. And
0: the doctor being like, she's dying. She's dying. Like, her parents know she's dying. They're, they've already been told their grandchild, grandchild is dead. And then... Like, and then...
1: It, he lost whole, his wife and his child and this whole thing of like the, the people are just using her she asked for she it she asked for an abortion there's a difference yeah she, she isn't someone who said do you know what i don't Ask, it's die. not my belief and yeah. i don't believe in abortion yeah. and so i don't want to have yeah. one she was like i'm dying and i don't want to die yeah. and i would like to have an abortion and she asked three times and her husband asked a fourth time mm. for her on her behalf um and that is the point
0: yeah and, and it, that that is, is, she. This is po- women's bodies. You make women's bodies political when you put all these rules and regulations yeah. on them. You make women. You have made women's bodies political. So you're allowed to politicize our bodies, but we're, we're not, not allowed to. Like, we're not allowed boundaries. to respond to the politics. We're not allowed to. We're right. just meant to sit down and like this. I did the as I said I was talking to my mum, just about Besborough House and some other things that had happened and how. In this country, we, for for the last fifty to sixty to seventy years. We're just massacring women. We're massacring them. Mm-hmm. In the one thing that their body produces, which is a baby, which brings it to the world and lets life continue and the world continue, this amazing, incredible thing. And we're punishing them for yes. it. Like in 2012 Ireland, women couldn't, didn't have any power or say over their bodies. We were getting on boats. Mm hiding and shame and fear there's 14 and 15 year old girls being raped by grown men and they have to go to england to get an abortion and can't talk about it because it's shameful Mm -hmm. like it i I, it just i can't you know what it's still and
1: you know what it's still happening in northern ireland Ireland. you can't get an abortion in northern ireland you cannot
0: part of of the uk and you can't get an abortion like these stories are real. They're so real. They're so valid, and I've, I can assure you that anybody who's listening to this podcast knows a woman's had an abortion. I know three women that we all know women that have had abortions, like. and we all know women that have had abortions and have been afraid and shamed and made feel like they did something wrong and that they're bad and disgusting and they're getting on planes and boats yeah. and hiding. Ireland's Ireland is fabulous at covering up fucking everything. We shame and we hide and we cover up, and. It, ha- it has to stop. Like it, 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 Abortion, free legal abortion in Ireland is so important. Um, but it's still, people are still, you know, trying to ruin it. And because the three-year mark is coming up of when they have to reevaluate it. Yes. And there's people starting to like, be like, we need to get rid of this out of the country. People are having casual sex because they know they can have an abortion. That's how little they think of women. That is the misogyny. Women are having unprotected sex because they know they can have, have an Abortion. abortion. The literal stupidity of being like, yeah, I'm going to go ride your mom out of a condom because I know I'm going to go down to the clinic and get a
1: full abortion done tomorrow.
0: Yeah. <laughs> what? But anyway, uh, her family are incredible. Her husband's an amazing Her man. husband
1: is incredible. And her family are so dignified and beautiful yeah. and just respectful oh, to... Oh, unbelievably.
0: And like so kind towards Ireland, even after what's happened to them. And, to and you know, like, like,
1: that's the thing of like their family to be like, and even like... For a cause right yeah. And a cause that Shouldn't be a cause No Um, For her family to Take on all of that hurt and pain And be like We'd like you
0: to vote for her Like amazing Like I remember the day before The election <gasps> Oh gosh I was in town Do you remember the two of us? We were like <laughs> Lunatics Like <laughs>
1: I couldn't I was I remember it came in And I remember just Sitting in the car Crying yeah, Balling Like I was in town The day before I went into town with Colin we I had, never I ca- I, Sorry I know I keep no, go me,
0: But I was so stressed out So stressed out oh, Like we were, so like, stressed we were, like, we were like I couldn't eat I was no. so stressed but the day before I went into town with Colin And I got We went to the uh, Repeal the shop IFSC No we went to the IFSC And we got some food and it was like a weird atmosphere in town. I can't describe it, it was just like really weird, and I was so worried, and then I was walking from the i f s c into town back into town, and every person I passed had a yes badge, yeah, and I
1: was like, "Oh my God,
0: yeah, I was like this is going pass everybody another part of my brain was like, "Don't be hopeful, don't be hopeful." every single person i passed that i asked
1: i kept doing this thing where i was like maybe you're because like you're surround yourself with people yes, like your bubble right? your bubble so i was like is this my bubble yeah but i was like this feels different this feels it like does, we could yeah. do it this feels like this is the time yeah. and then i remember seeing a girl i went to college with who was the leader of the opposite side fuck off and i was like are you serious yeah yeah holy shit Sarah I uh, remember being like maybe we had like maybe this maybe isn't, isn't it. it yeah yeah like, yeah, yeah, I, yeah she's the same age as me yeah like I remember being like what like I remember just being so like dumbfounded by it and being like why what like why why, why? like just why and after like having Lily and like I witnessed in the time where I had Lily because I did ha- end up in hospital, like, the fucking story of Sarah Jane's life. <laughs> but I did end up in hospital so much. And I ended up in A&E with Graham where we thought we were, like, losing Lily. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: And I was, like, at that point, like, I was, like, people knew I was pregnant. Yeah. Like, when I had the surgery on my back, people didn't really know I was pregnant. So yeah. I really, like, it, not that it wasn't any more difficult. It is because, like, we really tried to have Lily. But it was, like, watching these women lose the autonomy of their yeah. bodies like your body is taken from you like, like you don't know what's right for your body there was a woman in and i'll never forget it the day when i ended up in AE and i was bleeding and we the Rotunda has a very small a room it is tiny i've
0: never been in it it's really small
1: there. and you would never be in it unless you have to be in it it has like six to twelve um what's when you go to be checked examination rooms Right. in each of those rooms has an ultrasound system the day I ended up in the rotunda, it was like summer, it was hot it was very busy and there was a woman who was in the middle of having a miscarriage oh, she, she was, was miscarrying her baby and she was just sitting on a towel by herself
0: are you serious? Sarah I'm sorry. I, it's just brought up a lot stuff. I'm sorry.
1: No one helped her.
0: Because I was like, why would they? Jesus Christ of Almighty.
1: And because my baby had a heartbeat, I was being helped. You were being helped.
0: It was almost like she was like, they were like, this is it. Sure nothing we can do now. Like, away you go.
1: And I remember waiting, because I was waiting for Graham. Get me because I had to drive to hospital by myself because I happened in work.
0: Yeah.
1: And I remember being like so sorry for her. And she was by herself.
0: It just happened, obviously, I know.
1: <laughs> like she was sitting on a towel in a room surrounded by people. Like there was no dignity in it. And she was
0: losing her Oh my god. Her baby. Oh the shit women have to go through like
1: and it wasn't even like it it wasn't a thing no one cared it was just like when well, it happens like and it was just
0: so disrespectful like there it's like i've never had a baby i don't have any intentions of having a baby
1: well there's but no respect in having a baby It just seems to be this There is like, like a total lack of Like yeah. even that
0: man who put his fingers inside yeah. my vagina And did not tell it's me what like, he was doing It's just like this this thing that's happening to your body That you've never If you have your first kid You've never experienced this no. before This is brand new I don't know what's happening You have to tell me what's happening Yeah, I'm, And they're not telling you And then they're like It's like it's out And then that's it And blah 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 You know what I mean As, And that's the other thing It's like
1: there's just like lack of like uh, because, and I get it, because you become, like, if that's what you do for a living, right? You become desensitized to it. Of course. And probably to a certain factor, you have to be. But,
0: but there's also a certain factor a, where it's, like, you need to have
1: compassion in a bedside a human,
0: manner. That's a human being miscarriage on a towel. Yeah, how. but
1: no, like, she was sitting in a denim so I'll never forget what she was wearing. She was wearing a denim skirt, like a purple bolero. She had a blue tank top on. She was clearly going somewhere, and this it had happened, happened to, her. to her. And her baby she wasn't going like it was not going to be saved and because there was no space in any, e there was nowhere for her to go and there was no beds available they, just put her, they literally set her she sat on a towel and she was covered like the towel was covered in blood and I was like what on earth is going on and no one's like said anything to her because it was like what do you say to her um but there's no like there is literally when I say there is no dignity in, in having a baby, a man came in and asked for what shift he was on the next day whilst I was being stitched. Oh my
0: god, Sarah.
1: And the lady who was stitching me turned around and was like, ha ha and I was like You were stitching my vagina like, you're right literally, now. Literally like stitching my insides. Could like you maybe wait until she's done? Like, being a woman is amazing and I love being a woman but it also fucking sucks sometimes there are just moments where it's like that i like because i remember how terrified i was and i just remember thinking graham's coming and at that point like i was on like they were checking so like i could hear lily's heartbeat and i was like right the baby's okay." okay um but there was like it was just like this is business as normal yeah some people lose babies, some people don't. Mm. And that's the other thing. I would like... the woman that was next to me after I gave birth to Lily, she had, like, had one of those, like, horrible cases that you hear about where she had given birth to a baby that had a fetal abnormality. And she knew the baby had a fetal abnormality and was made to carry that baby for the entire term. And... Oh. She had given birth a year to the date that she was had given birth to her new baby. And um she had... So she, when I had Lily. I got taken. You get taken into like a different ward. And I got put in the bed in the middle of the room. And she was to the left of me. And for the entire time. First day when I was there with Lily. From the night I came down to the, like the next day. She had her curtain pulled. And she was crying. And her baby wasn't with her. And so I was like. Oh something's obviously horribly there happening. And they kept coming down to her. And being like. Do you want to go? We need you to go upstairs. Can you pump? Like her baby was in intensive care essentially. And after like two days I remember just being like I have to like ask if she's okay so I like started to talk to her and she pulled the curtains back just like a little bit to the sides so I could just see see her yeah and I had my curtain pulled so it was just me and her talking and and she had a picture of her baby that she'd had the year previous and he had had like a fetal abnormality and essentially his brain was exposed so Mm. but this is Ireland before abortion she said that she found out in like the earliest version of her first trimester. She had to carry that child and to And she term. was told because the baby had a herpy. So she carried that
0: baby to full term. It, the medical system was set up for men, yeah. by men. To make a woman carry a child in her womb yeah. that is going to die when it is born is the biggest form of trauma that is PTSD shit. And she had PTSD, like severe PTSD. And we're just meant to be like, that's grand and, Yeah. Because the Bible says and the Catholic Church says, the same Catholic Church that was raping children and selling babies to America so they could make money under the guise of fallen women mm. will tell you that you have to carry a baby with a fetal normality to full term. Yep. And then give birth to it. Yeah. I am not sitting here shitting on nurses and doctors because they do wonderful, amazing work every day. That is not what we're doing. What we're talking about is the problems and how they need to be... Something needs to be done. And, like, there
1: was... Like, I know I just told, like, the worst side of my story in terms of Rotunda, but when I tell you I had the most amazing midwife to help me give birth, yeah. she was the most wonderful, yeah. beautiful Because they, they're person. there and they exist and, and they're incredible. like... I went into, as I said, I went into labour super quick. The doctor came up and was like, I'll be back in like eight hours, Sarah Jane. And then 27 minutes later, I was like, this baby's coming out. (laughs) Um, And so the midwife was like, there is no, the doctor is not going to get here. And she became my doctor and Graham became the midwife. And was
0: phenomenal and beautiful and without her i would not have been able to do what i did but yeah. so that's it um, and that's the thing there that's what we're saying we're no no way shitting on nurses like nurses in my family i've died i have a doctor in my family now and i'm Lauren. lauren's yeah. one of the most beautiful like, human beings there and there are
1: people or oh, any person that goes into the medical profession just has like a heart. oh my god But there are people who have been in it so long that they've become desensitized yeah. to it and them. also
0: the fact that they are not receiving adequate training and they're not receiving money
1: adequate like they don't have support they're
0: overworked They're all of those things like that nurse that I just told you about she could have been on her seventh night shift and when I tell you every one of those cunts that are out protesting and not wearing masks and absolutely crippling our health system and these nurses are having to move out of their family homes to stay away from their families so they don't make them sick Honest to God, every one of you can suck my dick. I'm so over it. And I'm so over trying to understand it. You're a fucking asshole and you're selfish and that's it. Like, these people are, like, the nurses in this country are fucking amazing. Like, and I know I've said some things about nurses, but obviously, as I said, I'm not trying to shit on them at all. Like, they're wonderful, wonderful people. But there are a lot of problems. Uh, As Sarah said, when when the yes vote passed, it was like the most fucking, and I don't think a lot of people understand if you don't know Ireland that well. The magnetis the sorry the magnitude of that to go from a country that was like we will this will never happen you are never going to get legal and safe abortion in this country to like the outpouring of joy and happiness and women are now somewhat protected yeah you know what I mean was was magnificent and like the fact that you and I know you and I were like lunatics and then I was bawling my eyes out you were bawling yeah. your eyes out and I was like my mum voted yes like my mum voted yes and I was like my mother's 65 years of age, and she's actually incredibly liberal, which is really good. But she voted yes, and I was like, my mother was grew up at a time where a Catholic Church was in power, and it was shame, 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 yeah. shame. And to see her vote yes, I was like, that's fucking amazing, and I'm so proud of her. And it's just that the little things where you're like, she understood the why we need. No, why my we mum went out this. vote yes. Yeah, because she understood like, why we needed yeah. this. And my mum was.
1: was 16 and gave birth by herself in a there hospital without anybody. There you go.
0: It. So your mum's been through,
1: and was told that she was going to go to the laundries. It's
0: like, and was called a slut yeah. every day of her well, life yeah. after she had Michaela. Yeah, and that's what it is. It's a um, shame. Like, and just to say, if you've had an abortion, or you're going to have an abortion, you are fucking amazing, and there's nothing wrong with you, and you've done nothing wrong. No. Don't be ashamed, don't be scared. If you ever need... I know this is ridiculous, but if you ever need you just send an email to us, just to say it to someone that you can't... you haven't been unable to say to anybody, we will read your email. We won't read it out, but we're here if you need it, because... Uh, women need a lot more support. So much more support. Yeah, we really do. Like, um, there is, if you've had an abortion, you've made the right choice you for you. for you. And that's the most important yeah, thing. you know. And there's that book, have you ever heard of the book Freakonomics? No. I don't know if this is valid, but there's a book called Freakonomics that was written in the early 90s, I believe, and guy in America, two guys in America wrote it. And their thesis was that when abortion was made legal in the United States, from the time it was made legal to the early 90s, late 90s, crime rates dipped because people who should not have been having babies stopped having them. stopped having babies because they could get free legal abortion so they were like it helped in a way it was awful obviously these people were in horrible situations but they were like these people were who could not have who should not have babies were not bringing babies into a world where they would rinse cycle repeat their parents behaviour yeah and they were like it stopped a lot now I don't know if that's necessarily true but there are so many women in this country who were having 14 children and we normalised it. Oh, yeah. My granny has 19 kids. Yeah. That woman gave birth in March and was pregnant again in June. Yeah. It, it just, we have Irish people, I like, big Irish Catholic families. No. It's not normal. I'm not saying every woman that had 10 children was raped. That's not what I'm saying because I'm sure we'll get text messages and shit. But we have normalized that to the point where I'm like, that's how it was gotten away with a lot. Irish be, Irish mammy's having the 12 babies and it's great and everything's wonderful, la, la, la. No, it's because they weren't allowed to use protection and they weren't allowed to have worship. It's also because in the legal, Irish
1: legal heritage, marital rape, marital rape only became a crime under the section five of criminal law, Rape Amendment Act. In what year do you think?
0: I have no idea, Tommy. Am I going to be disgusted? Yeah. 1992,
1: 1990. So up until the year 1990, you, you could, could rape, rape your, your wife, wife and get away, with and her. there would be no. Cra- and I, uh, do you know how I know that statistic? I knew it was the 90s because I used to go to St. Rita's Novena on a Saturday with my mother and grandfather. What's that? So St. Rita's Novena is in St. Rita's church which is on Thomas Street and it's where it's a real different kind of mass. So people get up in the before mass or in the middle of mass and write who they want or what they want the priest to pray for oh. and he vocally says it in the, church. in the church. Okay. And I remember being in the queue and I was a teenager. And I remember there was two women in front of me and they were from Oliver Bond Flats. And they were talking about a woman who who her husband had continuously and habitually raped her through her entire marriage. And they were asking the priest to pray for her and they were writing it and talking about it. And they were like, he had only very recently been prosecuted because the the
0: act changes. That is fucking insane, and it's also fucking insane that we and had to hear that.
1: All of the women, because we were in like my mum was like doing something, and we were queuing for obviously my mum or my granddad to pray for some money, and the other
0: women were like, "Sure, that's that's just how it was." Yeah, we we normalised it, we normalised it, which led to everything being so fucked, mm. and women being like, "You're a baby machine, and that's all you do." But also. What it does,
1: it's like, it's like, again, this like societal, like, misogyny. As a woman, you dare, in that moment, in that simple act, you again have no autonomy over None. your body. None. 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 I know of one family member that on a Sunday, uh, all of the children would be kept downstairs while dessert was being served. And their mother would be sent up to the bedroom. Oh, for fun. And that woman gave birth to 23 children. And they spoke, like, when that was said to me, I remember the conversation came up. she had
0: 23 No, no, children. they spoke
1: about that, like, thing of, like, my, my dad was such, like, we got dessert every Sunday and my mum would be told to go up and rest. And I was like, and where was your dad? Upstairs. And she, she was like, I was like, what do you think your dad was doing? I she was told to go upstairs to the bedroom to wait for him. She wasn't going up to rest. She gave birth to 23 of you. Like, that's not what was happening.
0: Just this country, man. This country. Like. And, can I just say, fuck the Catholic Church.
1: Fuck it. Fuck it. Okay. Woo! Colin, (laughs) have fun. A cleansing has happened. Have fun. Um, Um, Thank you very much for listening. Yes. It has been a very difficult episode.
0: (laughs) I was just about to say, if any of this upsets you, you've already listened to it, but like... um...
1: Yeah, no, it's been a... It's one of those... Horrific stories, um and as a woman, she brought about. She saved so many lives. So many lives.
0: She saved so, so many, many lives, and for that, we should just thank her. Yeah, she's incredible, and her family are incredible, and her husband, who has moved to America and remarried, and I hope he's happy and he's content and everything is okay with him as well. Because Jesus fucking Christ, he went through mm. that But yeah, no, thank you for listening. And what I might do as well is when I put up Patreon thing, I might put up some. Um, just some names of counselling services for anybody that's gone through anything uh, that you can ring or talk to there's online services for women now I'll put up a link for that um, if you need us to kill anybody give us a name, write it in a book write it in a letter, send it here, no name You don't put your name, just put my address wear some gloves, wear some gloves, write a name in it We'll find him. Yeah. I'm great at finding people on the internet. She is. Two she minutes, minutes. I'll She will have a show with your entire semester of college,
1: which I just found about you do you no, do no, Google <laughs> Like I learned how to Google in college and you were like, Sarah's so bad <laughs> at Google bad, Well, I don't have a
0: PhD in it, you goddamn bitch. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you for listening. Hi everybody. Sarah's going on holidays to Quirk soon, but we will have an episode up. Happy Christmas Happy Christmas Have a lo- have a lovely boyfriend. I was going
1: to say I'll have a happy episode But it's not no, possible No it's not
0: been a happy episode Sorry I
1: can see if I can find Any more share girl <laughs> type stories I feel so bad for Colin Having one. to edit
0: this, edit this. See, I know he's going to come
2: in room And be like what the fuck
1: I know yeah we're all stopped <laughs> <laughs> And then And then And then I don't
2: get him cause I, I'm always... Hi MMI fans It's me Your friendly neighbourhood Colin And I'm here to tell you About all the amazing content Over at www.patreon.com Forward slash Murder Most Irish It's an absolute treasure trove for fans of Emma and Sarah Jane with hours upon hours of outtakes, exclusive shows and fantastic monthly specials all for the low, low price of €6 per month. Featuring the fan favourite MMI drive the amazing MMI bite size the spectacular MMI behind the music and my very own Maximilian's Mailbag where we answer all your questions so what are you waiting for? Join the fun over at www.patreon.com forward slash murder most Irish